<laughs> it's okay. We can't have all no edits weeks. <laughs> okay. Um, la la la. Okay. Let's, uh, everyone and welcome back to the River Vale recap podcast. Today we will be talking about the second episode of Riverdale season six, Ghost Stories. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski and I'm joined as always by my co-host who would never bludgeon me with a hammer no matter how annoying I got, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I mean, I don't think it's a concern because I think that rather than getting so invested in writing, you would just move so I wouldn't be able to find you. <laughs> yeah, I would never get so invested in writing. That would never happen. <laughs> Sounds oh fake to me. Sounds fake. Yeah, so we're back for our second of the River Rivervale things. Yeah. Kate, Netflix is showing it as like season six. So I guess this is the start of season six. This one was not as fun as the last one. It wasn't. Although I do, (laughs) I do morbidly like the idea that we're just going to kill off a character each (laughs) each episode and then we're going to have like three left by the final one. That'd be pretty funny. I mean, yeah, that is fine by me. Um, I saw uh, an interview where our the showrunner said that this is canon and i'm like archie literally died what are you talking about like what kind of stupid idiot i i have to either assume that he was a lying or b what he meant was like everything that happened in riverdale is canon in this universe but like that doesn't really make any sense i was talking to brian scally and i couldn't give him any info because he's never watched riverdale and i said (laughs) The showrunner saying all this canon, but main characters keep D-wording. And he was like, maybe Sabrina's going to come back at the end and set a spell that reverses everything. And I was like, they would do that. They 100% would do that. So now I'm scared. Or it's going to be like a, it's canon, but it's all a dream or something. I, I just, I yeah, can't I did believe see a theory that. that Archie's in a coma after the bomb exploded. And so maybe these are coma dreams. Like that makes more sense than anything else, because I think my biggest issue with the concept that this is canon is that we just have so many people acting completely out of character. It's clearly not canon. I don't (laughs) think he knows what that word means. Yeah, it's not canon. Unlike the serpents all living in Fred Andrews' backyard for an entire season. That at least made sense. That was canon, right. They were homeless. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode, which did not have quite as cohesive, I think, a Mm -hmm. storyline as last time. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, like this one, it was, they were sort of all, all the plot lines were put in here under under the guise of them being ghost stories but I, I mean, I get. I guess there were there were two ghost stories. I, I don't even know. The one about the car really didn't end up having a ghost story. It was like a misdirect. Well, it was like you thought I mean, it was going to be a ghost story, and then it wasn't. No, nah, I think the car was still haunted. <laughs> okay, well, we'll come back to that. Uh, actually, no, we're going to start with that. But first, let me go with the Jughead voiceover, which we're still getting. We're still getting the Jughead voiceovers. But and- again, he's like facing the camera and talking to us, which makes it ten times weirder. It's more like an intro narration than it is a classic voiceover because it's yeah it's more like a an introduction to like an old-timey I don't know I gotta tell you I think a voiceover and a narration introduction are the same thing you psycho it's a a different style come on I think it's a different style his normal one is like as if he's writing a book and this one is more like I I don't know how to describe it but I feel like it'd be the kind of thing that would be like at the beginning of like a, a cautionary tale you know 
It just seems different. Sure. Okay. All right. Fine. So the Jughead voiceover thing is, <clears throat> gather around, kitties. Don't call me a kitty. I'm sorry, Jughead. That was the grossest Don't thing call you could have said. Anyone that. It's time for a ghost story. No, a few ghost stories, actually. The first begins with a conflict as ancient as Cain and Abel. For as long as the serpents have existed, so too have the ghoulies. Over the years, they fought for a myriad of reasons. Tonight, they're rumbling because serpent princess Zandra fell in love with the ghoulie prince daniel and in a town like rivervale i'm assuming is what he said i wrote riverdale but i'm assuming he said rivervale that is more than enough reason to spill some blood so we don't know her what i assumed from this introduction is that they were just gonna do like a romeo and juliet west side story ripoff and i was on board for that i was like oh that's great the next episode of rivervale is gonna be like uh a totally disconnected story. It's going to be about characters like we don't even know. Like, I was like, oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. But then that was just the intro. And then Tony literally murdered a kid. Yeah, that was really weird. And that's another reason why I think this should not be canon, because not only did she murder a kid like out of nowhere for a really bad reason. She was aiming to injure the mom. Okay, but still, it was weird. And I I have no idea why there is a serpent princess who is not. I, I don't understand how the serpent monarchy works. I guess, unless they were just using that term to be like, she's a young woman in the serpents. So let's start with the simplest plot line, which is the Bella plot line. You know, Archie's favorite car from back in the day, the one that Mr. Honey destroyed. So Reggie's sad because his dad's in the hospital, which like, I didn't know that he and his dad had a good relationship, but okay. Did we know that his dad was sick? No, I think this is new. Like, I think this was us finding out. A man comes to like sell a car to Reggie and it looks so much like... Reggie's little car and he's like I will pay twice what it's worth if you just like leave right now and it's like you you didn't have to do that Reggie he could have just paid very slightly more than what it was worth or probably just what it was worth <laughs> he could have paid probably less than what it was worth yes yeah, so this dumb. guy didn't know what he had yeah he, he just happened to have the car of Reggie's dreams Yeah, which, like, whatever. And so then Reggie's obsessed with this car. He's, like, working on it at the high school, which is weird because I don't think they're teachers. And I don't – Reggie was never a teacher, so I don't know why he's in the high school. Uh, Veronica, like, calls him looking for him, and he's like, oh, yeah, emergency with my dad. And then, like, the bell goes. And so she's like, why are you – like, why are you lying to me? I love the instant gratification of her, like, finding out everything immediately. Like, there's there's very little suspense in this plot line because she always just gets the answer the second she – tries to look for it so I love that um yeah so that's happening and then Reggie kind of explains to Veronica that he really loves his car and she's like okay well I guess we can go make out in your car then and then some of her students come by and are kind of like laughing at them I guess or, or yeah, but they're but more Reggie, like, like fist bumps to be like oh yeah. yeah I'm in my letterman jacket making out with a girl it was weird it was weird I could I couldn't really think of like the word to describe it because they weren't they weren't exactly like heckling them they were more like yeah Reggie get it it was more like the kind of yeah and then Reggie's tone. like yeah I'm getting it and then of course Veronica's upset by that if I was like hooking up with a dude and I found out a bunch of high school students could see us were cheering us on and the dude I was hooking up with was like yeah that's right I'm hooking up I'd be upset too because it's a very weird situation and I'm on I'm on neither of their sides here I just did think it was funny that he called her out on being like hey you know you have your own interests too like remember when you Mm -hmm. wanted to make it on a bed of money (laughs) 
Listen, I just, I don't know if either of these are technically kinks. In theory, we should not be kink shaming. But this yes. whole couple is just not doing well. They've got a, it, like, this is not a healthy situation. You need open, honest communication if you're, if you're going to get uh, freaky. I'm also confused because I could have sworn that they broke up, <laughs> like, at the end of last episode. Or did they break up at the end of, like, season five proper? I have no memory of them no, being together. No, at the end of season five together? proper, they were making a casino. Oh, that's right. They, I guess, would, they I weren't guess even, like, officially together together. They were just making a casino. And now they're, like, running and selling stocks. I don't know. Um, But I don't, I didn't like it. So Veronica is like upset about the car after all of that. She finds a photo in the car of a woman with a note on it. And she's like furious about this, goes through the school. And then the principal's like, why do you have a picture of Isabella Soprano, the driver's ed teacher who's fired for allegations of inappropriate conduct with some of the boys? And so Veronica's like, oh, that's why he loves the car, because it reminds him of Isabella, the woman. And so she goes and destroys his car. She like, I don't know what she hits it with, but she breaks all the windows and she bangs it up. And then she's like, yeah, you've been romanticizing an abuser. That's not okay. And he's like, no, she never did anything to me. She was just like a person I could talk to and trust about the abuse that I was receiving from my father. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, and my dad died 20 minutes ago. And so she kind of comforts him. Like, wait a second. Are we just skirting around the fact that she just destroyed his car? Yeah, I don't know. And then she buys him a new car. Yes. Like, she's just like, yeah, cars can be replaced. Which, like, they can, but that doesn't mean you have to destroy them. Yeah, so she buys him a new car and... And puts the picture of Bella like back in his car. Also, throughout all this, he's sort of like looking in the mirror and or looking next to him, and he'll see Bella there. I don't know what that's supposed I to mean. I think that the car, like, in, we're supposed to think the car's on. I don't know. I, I got nothing out of this plot. Like, but, it, it yeah. was like, go on, girl, give me nothing. Like, I would love to hear someone tell me that this was a good plot because I, I do think the entire purpose of this in this episode was supposed to be like tricking us into thinking that it was going to be a haunted car situation, but then it just wasn't. So it went nowhere. I too like to laugh. So I would love for someone to tell me that was a good plot line. Great. It's a um, funny joke. Yeah. Did you feel better about the Sam and Diane plot line? Um, stuff happened. Is Sam, and, Sam Diane and Diane a thing? Or am I thinking Jack and Diane? I think you're thinking Jack and Diane. Okay. okay. Well, a Sam and Diane. A little about Jack and Diane. Yeah. So Tabitha... Uh, comes, she she basically is like telling Jughead to like do oh, some things Sam around the Diane, house. Oh, Sam and Diane, also name of uh people from Cheers. Oh, okay. A couple in Cheers. Okay. So it could have been an, I it could have been a, con- a com- combination of Sam and Diane and Jack and Diane. Gotcha. So Tabitha is basically like, hey Jughead, you need to start writing, you need to start doing some things with your life because you're doing nothing and you're just sitting around watching TV and you can't even like hang up some pictures when I ask you. And so she kind of comes home from work, she's annoyed with that, so she hammers a hole into the wall trying to hang up a picture and then it ends up just breaking through like that TikTok room yeah into a secret room and it's like a big closet that has I don't know why there's like a ton of ships and bottles I I don't think we have any answer to why they're there that's because you're not an artiste Mary Mm -hmm. if you were truly an artist you'd understand that a ship in a bottle is the highest form of art and inspiration that you could have in your workspace okay Uh, sure 
So <laughs> Tabitha like talks to the agent who sold them the house and she's like, oh, look, it, here's the floor plans. There is a room there. Why didn't you tell us about this? And the real estate's like, I did tell Jughead about this. I told him about the murder-suicide that happened here with Jack and yeah, or Sam and Diane. I don't think that telling about the murder-suicide and telling about the secret room are the same thing. A, it's very weird if the estate agent, real estate agent, had told Jughead about a murder-suicide and Jughead didn't tell Tabitha. Because, like, that's a determining factor in getting a place. Like, I don't think I can yeah. ever live somewhere where someone got murdered. Like, there, that's a level of bad energy that I don't think you can ever, like, really clear. But Jughead was like, yeah, but see, here's the thing. I thought maybe I could use them as inspiration and write about them. So that's why I wanted to move in. You already, you heard the story, Jughead. They could be inspiration no matter where you live. This is, this is so bad. This is so dumb. She's like, I'm not upset about the murder. I'm upset that you hid this from me. And I'm not afraid of ghosts, but I am really afraid of bugs from the last episode. So. I mean, I'm way more afraid of bugs than ghosts. Yeah. I guess their bug problem's just gone. I guess Cheryl fixed that with killing Archie. Yeah, killing Archie solved that problem, but okay. did not solve the vast amount of hauntings in the town. Yeah. So Tabitha's going to like hear some noises at night, and she's going to have some dreams that she's bludgeoning Jughead with a hammer, but it doesn't happen. Then she's upset that he left the toothpaste uncapped. Which is a very valid concern. That's good. Like, if you leave the, the lid off too long, it gets all gross and congealy, and then you can't even use the toothpaste. I've, I don't know if I've had a toothpaste that has like an, an unscrewed lid in forever like I always just have the little flip ones oh see mine it screws on and off but like I had I was at someone's house this year and they had the type with the flip top but there was so much toothpaste around you couldn't even close the lid and I was like what's wrong with you I just I keep my toothpaste pretty clean you know yeah you use squeeze from the bottom of the tube to the top so that you use all of the toothpaste yes and you keep the lid on I don't know why there's toothpaste the toothpaste comes out of the tube onto the brush it doesn't ever go anywhere anywhere else like I, well, I guess then into your mouth when you brush your teeth it, it's not that hard what we're saying is this is a perfectly valid reason for Tabitha to want to murder Jughead I would want to murder someone if they were leaving the lid off my toothpaste <laughs> and I'm imagining that they do have like the little flippy top and he just can't even be bothered to like close it <laughs> probably probably so Ugh. she's trying to get Jughead to write but he hasn't started yet and then there's like a side note where she talks to Pop Tate and he's like oh yeah Rivervale used to always be haunted like Pop's chocolate shop was haunted by a woman who died in the deep fryer? How do you die in the deep fryer? I mean, I'm assuming she was pushed. Oh my gosh, so traumatic. I don't know, that's scary. But I also, I live in the most haunted city in North America now, and I never get bugged by ghosts, so. Wait, that's the most haunted city in North America? Victoria right. is? I did not Victoria, know Victoria, BC. But I'm hoping to get haunted by ghosts a little bit, because I got a Ouija board for my birthday. Yeah, no. And it's really nice. Look how nice it is. You Instagrammed about that last night, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> zero, zero Ouija in my life. But like, look how beautiful it is. Yeah, that's great. I've seen The Exorcist too many times. Not not happening. I mean, I'm not trying to exercise anyone. Yeah, but it always starts with a Ouija board. No, I just want to talk to them and you can control the situation by saying it's a positive experience. Okay. I'm, I'm still out, but okay. 
you you do you tell me how it goes well i need to have the right person to do the ouija with you can't just like because you some people will be pranksters yeah i don't like that i don't like pranksters i want it it's serious business um sorry anyway so yeah you just died she just died in the in the deep fryer and then haunted it for a while and then a loud noise happened to riot and then the ghost just left yeah so basically we learned that you can scare off ghosts is what pop tate is saying well the thing is with go- and what i think everyone needs to know about ghosts is that if a ghost is scaring you you can simply say stop that and they will listen yeah i mean just use your words just say no like be kind be like hey please stop they will stop i feel like we don't get that enough in ghost stories like people trying to communicate communicate with the ghosts and just kind of like well i mean because that's the thing is if you like actually communicate properly it's not going to become a scary thing because they'll just listen to you and leave and that's not like an entertaining movie like how good's the movie if it's like oh a ghost appears you go stop that ghost and then the ghost stops pretty short movie yeah pretty short movie oh well um (laughs) so although that's essentially like basically what happens in this plot line but okay i Uh, don't even know so okay so uh, Jughead fi- is like s- sort of writing, but also is like collecting empty scotch bottles to make more b- ships and bottles. I don't know why he's obsessed with ships and bottles now. I don't know. No idea. And Tabitha's also like finding the hammer around the house. Like she finds it in the fridge. Yeah. And she goes to ask Jughead about it, but he's like, hey, look, I've written a first draft of my novel. And she's like, oh, cool. Can I read it? And he says, no, I never let anybody read it. But then later on, Betty's like, oh, yeah, Jughead always insisted that I read his first draft. There was actually a lot of, like, Jughead Betty, like, not even hinting, like, straight up, like, he's, you know, still not over her in this plot. Yeah, I think that they're painting a picture of where things things might go. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though, just based on how it ended. But so Tabitha is going to end up sneaking into his office, reading the draft, and she's like kind of calling things out, thinking it's about them. And he's like, it's not about us. It's about Sam and Diane. But like, there's a lot of parallels with, you know guy living at home being an artist and then the the woman providing for them you know more in the here and now and how she gets frustrated with him etc and she starts like destroying his ships and bottles which like please do because they served no purpose and then she destroys the typewriter and he's like no but that was a gift from betty yeah so i mean the main thing is is why aren't you using a computer jughead it's it's 20 27 for you yes like use a use a computer yeah you really really should and then she grabs the hammer and she's going to murder him with it but then she sees a reflection in the mirror of diane so she drops it and then they tell each other they love each other which in my opinion seems like a little bit too close considering like she at least contemplated contemplated hitting him with the hammer. So yeah, I, I feel like that's grounds for a for a um, a move out situation. She th- she thought about it, right? I guess I guess what we're saying is you know she made the right choice in the end. So I mean I don't know. I just choose to think that couples that are truly in love never contemplate murdering each other with hammers. This is another scenario where it is the thought that counts. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never been like, hmm, I want to hit someone with a hammer. I I don't think I've ever been that way either. Yeah. Yeah. And like, hammer murders are one of the ones that scare me the most because A, they happen a lot that people get murdered with hammers. And B, because um in Fargo season one, the like first kill of the season is he like just like is in a fight with his wife and just gets really mad and like hits her in the head with a hammer. And then blood just like slowly pours down her forehead and she falls back and she's dead. And that like, 
that scene has stuck with me. It has been like six years at least since I've seen that season. And it just like really messed with my brain and scared me. And so hammer murders scare me a lot. I can imagine. Yeah, people don't do murder and especially not with hammers. Yeah, don't do murder. We are not a murder podcast. Okay, we are an anti-murder podcast. We do not condone murder on this podcast. Absolutely not. And this also bugged me because I have a major pet peeve in all forms of media where there is a lot of glass on the ground and then people just sort of walk right over it or ignore it. They're like scooching into the glass to say I love you. And I'm like, guys, there's glass. What are you doing? Well, they probably had shoes on. Uh, oh, get off. Don't even be near the glass. That's such a, so horrible. Well, I mean, they were about to like murder with a hammer. So I think they're not concerned about a little glass on the feet. I guess. They should be. Glass they is like, be. that hurts. Yeah. Uh, so then the door slammed shut and I guess they scared off the ghost with their They convinced fighting? the ghost to leave with their love. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. We're, I don't know what we're supposed to take away from this other than don't murder anyone with a hammer. You have no idea. So then Tabitha is like, I don't know, was the fighting because of the ghosts or just the two of us? And he, and then Jughead says, love is just a series of tests, which is a philosophy that I don't love, but okay. I'm not saying that love's not going to have its ups and downs. It is, but love should not just be a series of tests. I think if your love is a series of tests, maybe it's not love. Yeah, I agree. That's just my personal philosophy on life. Yeah, so then they board up the the closet, which I think is a bad move because that's just valuable space. And we had absolutely no proof that the ghost like came from the closet. Well, the ghost had left. The door slammed. Right. So use that closet. square footage. Okay. So um, La Llorona, let's talk about that. Uh, this is the one, I-, I guess, that's sort of most centered around the intro from Jughead about the, uh, the well, riots. Yes. So um, basically, yeah, it's after the, Tony is in therapy talking about how she murdered a child, which like you'd think that she would be in prison, but yeah, how I does guess she that's, just get away with this. Is it because like, it's like Rivervale or is it because like it's I not murder it's, if it's a rumble? I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's not murder if it's a rumble. I think that's it for sure. The therapist is like, well, have you apologized to the mom? And it's like, what do you say to the mom of the kid you murdered? Like, don't go re-traumatize that woman anymore. And we get like a creepy scene of like a demon coming out of the water and I'm like, yeah, describe mm. what this this spirit looks like. So, okay, so it's very tall. Yeah. It seems taller than it should be. It's like a slender man type height. Yes, but womanish. Uh, but it's it's womanly, yes. but it's tall, very tall, wrapped in lace, black yeah. lace question mark. Sure. Um also possibly seaweed, I don't really know. It's sort of um, wet. It's like wet black yeah. lace and it's got kind of like scaly hands. Yeah, it's not human. Right. And it, it it's sort of, it's got like the head, the head part of the lace is almost as if there's something like some sort of like head piece that's yeah. keeping the lace it's, kind of like a veil. Yeah. Well, and it's like they've got like a big hat on, like it makes them look like extra tall. Like yes. it's just like, it's not, it's not right. So that comes out of the water and then we see Cheryl who's chit-chatting with Nana Blossom and she's like, the maple trees have lots of sap thanks to Archie. So that's the only mention of Archie in the entire episode. She's pretty funny. Yeah. She's like, they're dripping and sap it got all over me and i'm like i don't think that's what you want i think you need to tap those trees cheryl i think you're wasting it if you're bathing in maple syrup but it's not maple syrup like (laughs) once again the syrup doesn't just come out of the trees like that they process the sap to create the Uh syrup 
Yeah. So the lace covered thing tries to drown Juniper, but Cheryl saves Juniper last second. And uh, then Kevin and Betty are discussing baby names because that's right. Betty's still pregnant. Yeah, Betty's pregnant after killing Archie. Like just completely happy, blissfully pregnant. I, I, it's so funny because she's ready to sacrifice this child. Like I had no, I, you know, this is why we gave Betty the most uh, out of character person last time is like we've had zero indication that Betty like is it wants a child anytime soon but now that's her entire personality it's just so weird um so how could a woman want anything else mary yeah exactly betty is going to talk to tony about a serpent mother who drowned her 16 year old daughter and has similar bruises on her shoulders and tony is like no lucinda would never hurt her daughter sandra and so when they interview lucinda lucinda's like it's la llorona uh, which I did look up and is like a real spirit um, story. Uh, La Llorona means the weeping woman or the wailer. And it pretty much checks out with like everything that they were talking about. Um, a ghost who roams the waterfront, waterfront areas mourning her children whom she drowned. Looks very mm-hmm. similar. So if you look up pictures of La Llorona, it, that's basically like what we got from this uh from this story yeah so real, real story so after now tony is is researching la Llorona because she now knows the name of what is in the town and so uh she finds out all this information about um how la Llorona, like takes children and then mourns children uh and she tells betty that la Llorona can go after unborn children which finally gets betty on like betty i feel like didn't care that much until she found out that it could go after unborn children yeah betty was just like oh Oh, I Whatever, don't believe this. Like, there is a dead person. I can't blame it on a spirit, even though every single thing about Riverdale or Rivervale should make you believe that, like, anything could happen. Like, why are we ruling Betty. out the a supernatural? It's like, okay, Betty, first of all, uh, you found out that you could not have children, and then you used a fertility doll to get pregnant. You found out that same day that you got pregnant, which is supernatural, and then you sacrificed your baby daddy to ensure that your child would be born. You believe in this stuff. You believe in the supernatural. Don't lie to me and tell me that you don't. Yeah. You do. Yeah, she does, so stop pretending. Annoying. Yeah, and then... Tony sees water dripping from the ceiling and sees La Llorona in the hall of the school. She pulls the fire alarm trying to get her to run away. It's interesting that no one else seems to see her. Like, I don't know if this whole time Tony's the only one who can see her or what. So my suspicion is, and like not to spoil the thing, but um, La Llorona is like called by the morning of the mom of the kid that Tony killed. And so I'm wondering if Tony being able to see the like La Llorona is because of that. Yeah, probably. That makes sense. I think it's interesting, though, that like when Juniper was being... um uh, pushed under the water that like when Cheryl comes to Betty's house, she's like, hey, I'm going to need Alice to watch Juniper and Dagwood because of a like s- demon water spirit tried to murder them. Like, how did Cheryl put that together? That's the question. I guess she's just well, more Cheryl's in Cheryl's like, yeah, connected to the supernatural. She's like yeah. the bee queen or whatever. <laughs> oh, right. Um, I forgot about that. Queen of so, the bees. Like, like well, sure. I-, I believe that Cheryl could see stuff like that. Yeah. So then La, La Llorona comes after Betty while 
while she's sleeping and Betty wakes up with dark handprint on her stomach and Dr. Curdle Jr. is like, yeah, you're no longer pregnant. It was probably a hysterical pregnancy, but actually it was Which, probably okay. not that because that's not and how I this think works. That, that's a ridiculous thing for Dr. Curdle Jr. to say um, because like there's no proof that she was never pregnant and like she could have been pregnant and lost a baby any kind, any sort of ways. Like, especially because they've noticed like, A, the women in Riverdale are um, not so fertile until after they killed Archie. Um, and then, so like, it's totally believable that she could have simply had a miscarriage. Like, you don't have to try and tell her it was fake. Like, yeah. why is Dr. Colonel Jr. gaslighting her? I guess because something, uh, like, the the way that, that La Llorona uh, took Betty's child, I'm guessing, like, there, that she didn't have a miscarriage. That, like, the, the, the it looked like she was pregnant and then all of a sudden she is not pregnant. Like, there's a... Yeah, but, like, that happens, too. Well, I guess, but, I mean, it doesn't... I, I'm not an expert on miscarriage, so I don't want this to come across insensitive, but I assume that your, like, body expels th- the child in some way. I think that it... Like, but it, I think it depends on a lot of things, but I'm also not an expert, so I don't want to speak on something I don't understand, but I feel like there's lots of different types of miscarriages. Probably. And that, um, you, like, you could have pregnancy loss in many different ways, and I, I think that you can be pregnant and then you're just not pregnant. Right. And, and to be clear, I do know that, like, hysterical pregnancies or, or you know, your body giving you signs that mm-hmm. it is pregnant it is a real thing. I'm not that denying can't happen that. as well. That but I just happen. think but that Dr. Curl Jr. Yeah. did no tests. Right. Like, he just decided, okay, well, you're not pregnant. It must have been hysterical pregnancy, which I don't think is the right way to handle this appointment. In one of the episodes of BoJack that I covered with Lindsay recently, um, pregnancy loss comes up, and that gyno also handles it very poorly. So I would just love to see, like, a gynecologist or a doctor on television, like, not be a dick to a woman who loses a baby. That would be That's nice. what I would like to That'd see. Nice. That, would, that would be nice. So this is kind of random. Someone has tipped off t- uh, a social worker and told them that Tony wasn't taking care of her child. I'm going to assume that that's Darla. Like, I don't I don't I know just, why this I, happened. I would like to back up one moment and note that in your notes of this episode, you wrote, LOL, Archie died for nothing, <laughs> which I think is very hilarious <laughs> that you wrote that, not that it happened. I mean... I mean, I guess he, I guess there's no bugs in Tabitha and Jughead's apartment, so it wasn't nothing. And there's sap in the trees. And there's sap in the trees, and... And was that uh, it? What else, what else got cured? I guess uh, Veronica Reggie's and Reggie's relationship. Reggie's yeah. himself to Archie anymore. Um, I'm going to assume Betty that Frank and, and Alice are together. <laughs> yeah, Frank and Alice are together. Um, Jughead wrote a book. Right, so... A novella. A novella, right. Um, so, anyway, La Llorona comes for baby Anthony but Tony reaches him in time and then Tony gives the baby to Fangs and is like protect Anthony at the worm surrounded by all the serpents and she goes to Cheryl to like confront the spirit so we have a seance I I just Kate I don't think that a gang can fight the supernatural like I think if we're gonna see that they absolutely cannot Like, like, what, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't know. She's not a kidnapper. She's a demon. How is this any better than like Tony just holding on to Anthony? Listen. <laughs> Because Tony already saved one child. Right, right. Well, why wouldn't you give the child to Cheryl, who's also already saved one child? Yeah, I don't know. So we have the seance, and we find out that the spirit is Martha Mallon, who was a nurse at the Rivervale Hospital. Doctors blamed her for the loss of life during a smallpox epidemic, I think. And the town folk then drowned Martha and her children in Sweetwater River, to which uh, she became a spirit. And Darla Dickinson called Martha after um, 
after her son was killed on Tony, and Betty is like, Darla Dickinson? That sounds familiar. Like, yeah, how do you not know Darla? You've had many an interaction with her. Yeah, um, but Martha Mallon is not a real person in Archie Comics, but they are a real person who lives in the greater Seattle area and works in global marketing and communications. Thank you. Did you find out that from a LinkedIn? I, well, I Googled and their LinkedIn was the first thing that came up. So now yeah, the stranger is going to see that I looked at their LinkedIn and be like, <laughs> good to know. Uh, so Tony apologizes to Darla and Betty's like, so now that we apologized for her murdering your son, can you call off La Llorona? And Darla's like, no, you can't do that. So then all the serpents are like covered in water and like Fang spits up some water. Are they dead? Are they just knocked out? Like Fangs is not I think dead. They but- just got, I think they just got knocked out. Okay. I think that like they the, the, uh, like they maybe briefly drowned, but like the, the water left when the baby left. I don't know. I, I just, okay. I've got a lot of questions about this whole plot line. So first of all, Martha um, Mallon. Uh-huh. Why did they drown her and her children? I feel like normally with like witchcraft type stuff, they would burn someone at the stake. Why would they blame her children? We know they've done burning because they burned Cheryl's ancestor. I feel like drowning someone is like a lot more work than burning them. I think they were like, hey, all of our children in our hospital are dying. You're not being a a good caretaker to them. So you and all your children deserve to die. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. I've no it idea. It doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. Like, ha- what happened to prison? You know, <laughs> uh, whatever happened to a nice little prison? I don't know. I mean, I guess the prison they... wasn't big enough. I don't know. They could have banished her. Prison, so they could have banished her to a cottage in the woods to live alone with her children yeah. forever, or burned her at the stake, like you said. I mean, we know Riverdale. I mean, not but we past don't that. know she's a witch. Like, we just like she was just like bad at her job, I guess. Like, yeah, but it's not even like. To be clear, she wasn't bad at her job because smallpox killed children. Like, that's not her fault. Yeah, she got blamed for smallpox. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, what? Was she handing out blankets? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. And sorry, I just like, none of this makes sense to me. And so it really bugs me. Also, the fact that Tony just like got away with killing like a child. Like, I I just don't understand how that's allowed. I don't know. And I don't know why like Tony killing this, I don't know, like teenager, why that would, like why that would be brushed over. Like she was so offended when the the, um, social worker came and she was like, oh my gosh, someone told you I was a bad mother. It's like, well, I mean, you did murder a child like recently. (laughs) Like that did happen. She wasn't an infant, though. She no, never but done still, anything bad to an infant. Okay, but I, I mean, but she is a murderer. Yeah, she, she is, is a, murderer. a murderer. And I, I guess that's like clear. Like I don't remember from our list of Riverdale murders in the past if Tony already was a murderer, but she's joined. We the, have a she's list joined of murders. Well, like I remember one time we went through and we were trying to figure out if everybody had killed like a person. I think Kevin was like the only one who had not directly murdered somebody. Well, now they all have because they stabbed Archie as a collective, right? <laughs> So they they all have. But yeah, Betty's like, well, if we say we're sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Is everything fine? No, it's not fine. So it's like, please, like, give me my baby back. Yeah. So Tony asks Martha for baby Anthony. And Tony is like, look, how about this? How about we just do a Davy Jones situation? You give me the baby back and then I'll just like take over your, you know, suffering and need to kill other babies. And then you can go off to the afterlife or whatever. Yeah, so she's trading her baby's life for all of the suffering. So now Tony has taken on Martha's suffering and has become the new La Llorona. Yes. 
And this is what I thought was funny because, like, like I said earlier, if every episode ends with just another actor writing themselves off the show, it's pretty good. Well, but, like, they're not actually, like, they're coming back, right? I mean, sure. But, like, I think that this is giving, unless they do some kind of reset, this is giving me even more hope that, like, I don't think we're getting Archie for the next three episodes. Yeah, I, I think no Archie until, like, season six proper proper in the new year. Yeah, and perhaps no more Tony at this point. Well, but and that's sad because I like Tony. Yeah, that that one is sad. But I I think it'd be I just like like to imagine that the writers came up with all these plots and they're like, okay, so who wants to go first? Archie, okay, you just want to do one episode? Sounds good. We'll kill you off first because that'll be a big bang. Well, do you think that maybe Archie needed more time off because he had to go be with his like pregnant baby mama? <gasps> oh, you might. You know what? I never thought of that, but that's probably true. And and uh, we, I don't think we've mentioned it, but yeah, KJ Apa and um, his uh, girlfriend did, we did have, have their child. Talked about, did we? we, did we talk oh, about no, not about them having their yeah. child. I didn't know that until right now. Yes, they they did a little while ago. So he actually, yeah, that's true. He might be on paternity leave. That that could totally be a thing. I didn't think of that. Um, listen, okay, I've gone to his Instagram. Uh-huh. And he's posted a picture of him and his GF with a stroller. And now I know she's a fashion model. What the hell is she wearing? Hold on, I have to look. This is Is it like the most recent picture? No, but you'll know which one I'm talking about. I feel like he's, is it is it going to be like sweatpants? Because I feel like a lot of models like on their off time no, so, wear like sweatpants. Okay, so he's, I'll describe it for the listeners. So he is wearing blue jeans. They're not super tight. They're, they honestly just look like they don't fit. He's wearing them with sneakers that look to be about a tan brown color with white. He's got a belt on. He's wearing a yellow t-shirt with like a cartoon mouse on it maybe. I can't really see. I don't know my contacts in. And a long like tweed blazer slash coat and and a green Um, ball cap and a green i think it's a trucker hat yeah it It could be a ball cap but it might be a trucker hat now his um girlfriend slash baby mama uh, clara barry is her name i'm learning from this tag is wearing um like the really big sneakers that are super trendy right now like really high they've got like neon yellow and blue like stripes on them very chunky yeah very chunky which like is in right now so i can't criticize that she's wearing like patchwork purple sweatpants where there's squares of darker purple and lighter purple over the whole thing. She's wearing a tie-dye print sweater that also appears to have some sort of cartoon on it, but her hair is blocking it. And she's wearing that with a puffer coat that looks to have doodles on it of like cartoons. Then she's wearing a furry zebra bucket hat. Now, she looks very comfortable, but like, I just don't understand kids these days, I guess is the moral of the story. That was exactly what I pictured though. So I've I've seen some of, I, I don't know if I, follow, do I follow KJ? I'm not sure if I No, do. and if you do unfollow him right now. Yeah, oh, I, I am following him. This photo also is wild. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm no expert in literally anything about being famous or fashion um but i have seen some of their pictures before and and that outfit checks out for pretty much everything i've ever seen her wearing in like any of these pictures like she's pretty much always wearing like lots of colors and patterns very sort of big comfortable like sweatpants or or like a lot of times like pants that look more like um like uh ski pants like a lot of that Anyway, mm. cool. So that was our fashion moment with Kirsten. I, I, I could describe outfits on Instagram all day, every day. Who should I do next? Um, 
uh me i don't know no don't do me oh okay okay let's, let's look okay fashion's not a thing i don't even know let me hold on let me see what okay. my ro- most recent picture so was. okay mary's most recent <laughs> photo so she's in nature i see a lot of fall trees they're mostly green but i can see a little yellow in there oh yeah she's next to some kind of giant triangle was there a wedding here uh no we're just at a winery just at a winery i don't know why okay, there was so a triangle it was just there she's at a winery there's a big triangle it looks like you could get married in front of uh-huh. it i don't know um she is wearing uh it, it looks like sandals like flip-flop type style sandals but like <laughs> there's leather so like it has the thing that goes between your toes yeah but then it like goes over your foot more uh-huh. like a leather sandal like i could see jesus wearing these okay. sandals you know sure. um and then she is in a floral uh dress it looks like it's got a slight high low effect yep. but not a lot it goes past her knees um it is it has a a v-neck and shorter like little fluttery sleeves is it a wrap dress mary it looks like a, f- a real wrap dress it's it's sort of a fake wrap dress there's a slight wrap to it there is a tie on it's the a, side yeah it's a fake wrap dress and then she's with her friend who's wearing a really nice mustard yellow dress i really like everything about your friend's outfit yes. is what i would wear yes a lot um you look cute you got a windblown look meanwhile my most recent photo i w- thought i looked cute and i didn't care that my sister didn't look her absolute best was that a, so no I was that a, i couldn't tell if that was a recent photo or if that was like a like a throwback that's from yesterday baby okay. is that the one with the cheetah print let me hold on let me look let me look yeah again. yes yes you and uh, your sister are doing like a like a his and hers cheetah print <laughs> thing where yes. she's got a cheetah print uh sweat sweater on and you have a bucket hat now did those come together because they're ex- the exact same pattern. No, I don't believe. So. I don't know. I got the bucket hat for my birthday yesterday, and then I noticed my sister was wearing a cheetah print. So I said, "We got to take a picture." And then it's really funny because she bought that sweater, the cheetah print sweater. And then when she was wearing it, her husband went, "Why are you wearing your sister's sweater?" Because cheetah print is so like my brand mm-hmm. that they just assume that it is mine. It's it's cute. And um, now I mostly noticed the picture of the cow in the background. Is this your house? This is my sister's house. Okay, love love the cow. Yeah, that's their that's their cow um that they always have in their kitchen oh you know what i said cheetah print but then your caption says leopard is it leopard print it's this they're the same are they okay i don't know i don't really i don't i don't know when to know if it's cheetah versus leopard and and your shirt says something but i don't know because your hair is covering up some of the words i see o-n-d-e what is that it says blonde what it says blonde blonde okay okay well that's it's very cute it's very cute okay i like that sweater a lot i also have that same sweater but it's leopard print and it says blonde yes uh we've now been talking about instagram fashion for longer than we talked about the entire bella yeah but okay so here's the thing is the episode went by fast because like even though it was kind of dumb it was pretty straightforward and then because it was separated out i feel like we went through it too fast so i i was trying to stall for time i wasn't i was trying to um minimize the amount of editing i have to do just going through it too bad baby um but yeah okay so what do we think is gonna happen from here well, let's uh let me do the Jughead end cap voiceover and then and then okay. we can see. Jughead says, "Let me ask you something, friends." Jughead, don't assume we're friends, please. We're not kitties and we're not friends. I am not your friend. <laughs> Is there a better word for motherhood than sacrifice? The next time a weeping woman rises from Sweetwater River, or if you prefer, the river sticks, a different soul will take her path, a path that both end... Nope. Hold on. <laughs> the next time a weeping woman rises from Sweetwater River, or if you prefer, the river sticks, a different soul will take her path, a path that both begins and ends in Riverdale. Rivervale. <laughs> Dang it. 
Um, where are we going from here? Well, I do know I did actually watch the promo for next week, so I kind of do know. Oh, I haven't seen it. Tell me more. Okay. So the promo that I saw is, I can't remember the name, but it, it seems like there's going to be some man, perhaps like a, a like a devilish type man who's like come into Ooh. town and everyone's like... That man is the worst. We got to get rid of him. And he has some interactions with Betty, and it looks like perhaps Veronica and Reggie as well. Huh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see much of Jughead in it, so I'm not really sure what they have to do with anything, but... An article after the premiere said that more characters will die. Well, yeah. So, okay, let, we could predict that. Who do we think is going to die next? We didn't predict that last time, but we should have. I didn't think Tony would be next. Yeah. I think that... I think it's going to be either Betty or Jughead next. I don't know if they would do Betty since they're... they're everyone's kind of paired, so I actually thought that it would be, like, Veronica or oh, Reggie. Oh, so think it'll be from a pair. Okay, yeah. so then I think it'll be either Jughead or Veronica then. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of the two of them probably. So that'll be interesting. But or maybe Jughead will be last so that he can continue doing his voiceovers. Oh, yeah. It'd be kind of interesting if they kill him. Then like is someone else going to take over the voiceovers? Are we just not going to do that? Not. It would just be like the ghost of Jughead. Gotcha. So, okay. I did look up ghost stories, which obviously could refer to like just the genre or any number of things. But um, there was a, let's see, a 2017... Is this a movie or a series? Unclear. It says, Skeptical Professor Philip Goodman embarks on a trip to the terrifying after being given a file with details of three unexplained cases of apparitions. Um, and it is... Uh, let's see. I don't know. IMDb. Um, it looks like I can't it's a movie. Is that a movie? Uh, yeah. But it doesn't say episodes. Yeah, so, so I think that's a movie. Yeah, I grossed um, 148000 in the box office in U.S. and Canada. It's opening weekend was $12,000 um, and worldwide it grossed about $4 million. So it did not make money, let me tell you. Nope. Um, so I think out of these... Like, who's in this? It, the guy looks familiar. Is this like a British actor? Doesn't he look familiar? Yeah, it looks like... Um, yeah, Martin Freeman. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He. So he's the only one whose name I'm really recognizing. So out of the two we've seen so far, I think I'm still putting 6.1 was better than 6.2. I liked I liked the first I agree, one com- I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it, I think... It just uh, like was easier to talk about because it was cohesive. Um, it gave us more speculation. It gave us like hope. And then this one kind of took some of that hope away. I, and I think the first one was... It was, it was even more ridiculous. Like I, I really do think that that's our sweet spot. Maybe not for like TV enjoyment, but for podcasting enjoyment. The the more absurd the episode is, the the easier and more fun it is to talk about. This one was kind of like, eh. It just was, sa- a lot of kids died. Like, yeah. wh- what, am I supposed to riff on that? Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as fun. Um, So let's, uh, let's see what some of our listeners uh, have to say. You know, we got a lot of feedback last week about how shocking it was that we got the episode out too early. So early that a lot of our usual listeners did not have time to give us their thoughts. But, but Zev came in uh, early this week and said, I think a two-hour Riverdale special in October would have been enough for me. Originally, I thought this event would be the rise of Cheryl's coven. The change of pace was nice, but five episodes is a lot when we just go back to normal to Riverdale. Or do you think some things will have changed? 
agree that five episodes is a lot. Yeah, especially that they're not doing what we thought they would, which was like, you know, anthology type individual episodes that reset everything. Because the the thing I'm most worried about is that something is going to happen in this that we're not going to want it to get reset. Like, this is a bad example, but let's say Jughead actually writes a book. And then when we go back to the normal timeline, is, is that just going to be gone? Like, you know, I, I'm kind of worried that they're going to start doing things that they want to affect the normal timeline. Whereas if we're going to have just like a Archie's in a coma wakes up situation, then I I don't know if I want uh I don't want I, I don't want there to be any hangover from this. Yeah, no, this is supposed to be like a separate thing. Yeah. So I'm kind of kind of annoyed about that. Um, but agreed. Yeah. Uh so that's uh that's where we were at with this episode. Um, who was the most normal person? We did give it to Cheryl last time. I think Veronica. Oh, wait, no, we're giving hold on. What are we doing? We're doing most normal and most out of character. That's right, that's right. So most normal you think was Veronica? Even though she destroyed Reggie's car? I think Veronica Veronica would destroy a car at any time. What about Reggie? Like, Reggie didn't do anything abnormal. Reggie was lying about his dad to, like, uh like have a car and then and then he like was like fist pumping to the high school kids and like making out in his letterman jacket is too weird yeah okay fair enough so okay veronica um and then who was most out of character i don't know or was it was it tony for just like killing someone and not caring about it like i don't know man I don't... I'm trying to think of the things that happened. Let's see. But I mean, like, Tony's in a gang. I feel like murdering was it, is, like... Was it Tabitha for being, like, pretty much one of the most normal people ever to, like, trying to kill Jughead out of nowhere? Yeah, that was very out of character. Yeah. Okay. Let's give it to Tabitha. I could, I could get behind that. Cool. Anything else? No. How are things going with you? Going good? Uh, just, it's, been, it's been good. Having a good birthday week? Yeah, it's been nice. Great. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And uh, hopefully this uh, this episode finds everybody safe and happy and, uh, you know, we're, we're heading into heading into December. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's it's we're heading your your birthday's coming up. It is. Yep. Next week. Getting there. So got a lot going on. All right. Well, I think that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for episode three. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary everywhere. And if you're interested, you can check out some of the other stuff that I've been doing over on Rob is a podcast recently. It was on a couple Survivor episodes and I've got some more stuff coming out over there. Eventually, it's uh, it's kind of in the works. So for anyone curious, uh, you'll just have to wait until that's <laughs> until that's announced. Kirsten, Kirsten, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, I've been streaming on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what? I have been on this, the social media. I have a weekly BoJack Horseman rewatch podcast, BoJack Horseman pod with Lindsay wilson and that's pretty pretty much it i uh will be on the next 90 day fiance podcast over on rob has the podcast and the reality tv wrap-ups network i think that's it awesome and remember everybody if you would like to give us feedback feel free to leave us reviews on apple podcasts or anywhere else and you're also welcome to send us your thoughts and questions on twitter either at frail mary or at kowski cast cat's cow with a k on twitter and i have a review to read here from 33 pod and the review is titled it's the banter for me 
How can such a terrible show produce such an amazing podcast? Thank you for not sugarcoating your true feelings about the show. I'm glad I'm not the only one continuing to hate watch this show. Well done. Thank you. Aw, thank you. I love to hear that, especially because (laughs) there were several tangents that we went off in this episode. So hopefully you enjoyed the banter. (laughs) It's the banter for me. It's the banter for me. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out, everyone. Talk to you next time. Bye. Is it because it's like Rivervale or is it because like it's not murder if it's a rumble? I I don't understand.